Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. As Marianne was saying, it's been a rough few days for us, physically speaking. But you know what? I lost five pounds in the midst of it, so take that, devil. Hey, God can turn it around, right? (laughs) Come on. Yes. That's right. All right. Numbers. 9, 15 through 23, we're going to take a look at here. It says, Now on that day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony. From evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was, all, so it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in, that, in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days. According to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, Then they would journey. Are you getting the picture here? (laughs) Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now, who? someone gave a prophetic word this morning about the glory, running to the glory or something. Who was that? Someone. You. Okay, yes. I was like, wow, that totally. Here's the title of my message is Moving Forward with the Glory. Moving forward. See, God gave the children of Israel supernatural guidance when they were in the wilderness. The manifest presence of God, the glory of God, literally led them through the wilderness. I love that. A cloud by day and fire by night. Out of that account, God gave me the message, this message to share with you. And so we need to prepare ourselves, here it is, to be able to move with God at any time. Come on. There is nothing as exciting than moving and flowing with the Holy Spirit as a Christian. Amen? Amen. If you don't find that exciting, the glory has passed you by and you've got to catch up. Amen? So this is called moving forward with the glory. The setting of Numbers chapter 9 took place in the wilderness. That could also be called the desert. Okay? The wilderness journey in life is a place of testing for the Christian. In fact, I've talked about this before, but I want to go deeper. The wilderness journey is a place in our life where you and I learn lessons of obedience to the Lord. It's a place where God tests our motives and tries our hearts. 
And the cost of disobedience is learned in that place. Think about that. God will require things of you. He'll require things of me. He will ask us to do something sometimes just to try our heart to see if we will obey Him. Have you ever found that out? Has the Holy Spirit ever showed you guys any of that before? The things, uh, these things may be spoken to your heart by the Holy Spirit. They may be spoken from the pulpit, through your spouse, through your boss. Many times these uh, things are spoken through those who are in a role of authority over us. Think about that. So here we go. A spiritual, a spiritually mature Christian, listen to this, can hear God's voice within a voice. Yeah, I, you know what? All I can hear is muffled right now because my ears are plugged right now. So I'm pressing through. I, I hope I'm not sounding like a dork or anything up here. All right. It, okay, great, great. But God is a God of order. Amen. The authority structure has not been done away with in a worldly sense in the world. Right. And it's not been done away with in the body of Christ. Uh, it, it's no mistake that the Word of God, when he talks about the kingdom of God, it's in a military-type language. And what's the military have? The military has different ranks, doesn't it? Different levels of authority. Well, the kingdom of God is no different. Amen? All right? So if someone... Listen to this. If someone asks you who's over authority over you to commit sin, to do something against the Word of God, you're under no obligation to obey that. Amen? Amen? All right. James 1.13 says that God will not tempt anyone with evil. All right. The written word of God takes priority over anybody in a position of authority over you that would, act, that would require you to commit sin. All right. So the wilderness then is a place where God takes us to deal with the sins in our life, the issues in our heart that are hindering us from moving forward with him. Say wilderness. Oh, the wilderness journey. It's horrible. Amen. Amen. Oh, the wilderness. We got to say, I got to come out of this wilderness. But listen to this. It is a place of preparation for the promises uh, in your life. It's a preparation for the promised land. Say promised land. It's a spiritual boot camp for the Christian. All right. But even in the wilderness journey of your life, listen to this. God is still there leading and guiding you. The question is this. Will you follow him? Will you obey him? Will you move when he tells you to move? Amen. Will you do what it takes to come out of that wilderness journey uh, victoriously? And here's, here's the thing. You ready for this? The wilderness journey, the length of that journey in the wilderness is not up to God, but it's up to us. Say, it's up to me. The children of Israel wandered in the desert or in the wilderness 40 years because they continually hardened their heart, all right? And they had a heart of rebellion. Uh, but some, but this should have took them, this should have took them 11 days, but it took them 40 years because of rebellion in the heart, all right? I'm talking about... Uh, you personally, us as a church and the body of Christ as a whole, we got to be ready to move. We got we to gotta learn the lessons of the wilderness so we can get out of it. Amen? Amen? See, here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, some Christians live their whole life in the wilderness journey. They never come out of it. Think about that. And Kenneth E. Hagin said before, he said, 
there's different, the Holy Spirit showed him there's different stages in your life in, with your relationship with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said to Kenneth Hagin, he said, some people never come out of phase one. They live and die and they never get out of phase one for their life in their call with him. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Well, I know I don't want that to be my story. Amen? And I don't want it to be yours either. That's why we're talking about this. Amen? 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. And, and maybe you're in that wilderness journey, and one thing that you, you, when you know you're in it, you feel like you're stuck. You feel like there's no forward progress spiritually in your life, okay? If that's you, you're stuck in that wilderness journey, all right? Listen to this. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the, the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all... With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want you to notice something. You're not being changed from glory to glory until that veil's taken away, until masks are taken off. Are you following me? There is no change, glory to glory, if that veil is over the top. Now, So we cannot stay the same or be spiritually content if we claim to be Holy Spirit baptized, Holy Spirit filled disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen, you got to come out of that comfort zone. Amen. The word of God says that we are being changed from glory to glory, or at least we should be. Again, that veil, all the veils that are hindering you need to be taken away or else the glory is not going to do a darn thing in your life. Amen? You've got to allow it to touch you, His presence to affect you. Amen? Every day we should be growing spiritually and drawing closer to our Heavenly Father. All right? So to be able to move forward with the glory, we must embrace change. You cannot and will not Move forward with God without having a positive, a positive attitude about change. Amen? Amen? Have you ever met someone where, where you change something and you know it, it, it's a good thing, you give them the news, but they're negative about it? Why? Because the initial reaction is they hate change. Right. Oh, are you following me here? Change. I mean, we are being changed, or we're supposed to be changed from glory to glory. So change is a positive thing in the Christian life. Comfort zones are nothing more than excuses to keep you a spiritual infant in Christ. All right? When the glory cloud began to move, the people of Israel had to quickly pack their belongings, and at times, I'm sure they had to leave some things behind. Because the glory started to move too fast, and there's some things they couldn't take with them in that next destination. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are trying to carry some luggage that don't belong in your next destination. That was back then. You leave that in the past, and you keep moving forward with the Lord. Amen? So many Christians are in a rut spiritually because they are stuck back in 1985. They're stuck back, you know, whenever. We have always did it this way, or we've never done it like this before. Amen? 
That is the flesh and the devil trying to keep you from moving forward with the glory. When, when outpouring, awakening, revival hits a place, get this, your life changes dramatically. How many of you are familiar with the Brownsville revival uh, down in Pensacola, Florida? That, was, that lasted five years. They had, I believe it was services every day for five years. Now, can you imagine the level of volunteers they needed to facilitate that move of God? The people, they had to make lifestyle changes to accommodate the need to, uh, to have church every day when revival hit that area. See, God will send revival, but the length of it depends on how the church stewards it. Are you following me? So God can hit a place. God can hit a region. But if his people don't stand up and stand in the gap and get busy and doing what they're supposed to do, God's going to say, oh, okay, they don't want to, I'll send it over here. Come on, somebody. So we cannot... Let the glory pass us by. This is our time to rise up. I'm telling you, we are getting close to an outpouring. Amen? Amen. Now, go to Isaiah 43. I want to show you something here. Isaiah 43, verse 19. So, the, you know, Asbury is a great example of this, okay? So, so God hits a place, right? The glory of God hits a place, and it's amazing. Fox News, CNN, all of these major news outlets are saying, whoa, something's going on there. And then someone says, you know, the president of the university says, yeah, it was fun for a few weeks, but we got to get back to business. See ya. The cloud moves. Are you following me? Look at this. 4319. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So here's the deal. So God says, I'm going to do a new thing, right? That new thing is not new to God. It's new to you. Are you following me? God doesn't change. He is, he is perfect. He never changes. We are the ones that are expected to embrace change and to move forward with the glory. Amen? In fact, the very word flow indicates movement. Living water, movement. Are you following me? Oh, come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost, I think, is, is trying to tell us. He's saying, okay, Living Waters Chapel, you guys, you guys are praying for it. You're believing for it. You're really pressing in. But are you ready to steward it? When I hit this place, when I hit this region, are, where, are, the, are the volunteers going to stand up and say, let's go. Let's go get them now. Amen. Amen. Let's go catch them. Bring them in and we'll clean them. Are you following me, somebody? Come on. Hallelujah. A negative attitude toward change will quench and grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. In fact, you know what repentance means? Change of mind. So there always need change is a positive thing. We need to be very careful about our attitudes. Amen. Wrong attitudes are probably one of the most popular sins in the body of Christ. All right. And guess what that brings from the Lord? It brings a chastening or a correction or discipline from the Lord. All right. Look at this. Second Corinthians uh, three verse 16 is interesting. It said, 
Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is, talk, uh, this is talking about getting people born again, but it also can apply to carnal Christians. Because how many of you know there are Christians with veils in front of them? Right? They don't want to go deeper with God. All right, But when Christians turn their heart to the Lord to seek Him for more, to truly focus on Him, that is the point where they let go of the fleshly desires and they take hold of what God wants to do. That's when they will take hold of the new thing. Say new thing. New thing. 2 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 18. It says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So again, I want to make this point again. The Holy Spirit won't, won't let me move on from this. Your face must be unveiled. Blinders must come off. Masks must be come off. Uh, and hindrances in your life that are keeping you from being transformed. You know what the word hypocrite means? Hypocrite means you're wearing different masks. If I'm not mistaken, it came from the Greek. There used to be in in the theater, back in the day, the Greek. A hypocrite was literally someone who played different characters. The Bible says don't be hypocrites. In other words, take the mask off and start acting and, and living like Christ. Amen? Come on, somebody. So... You need to confess things in wrong attitudes as sin and repent and just make that change, okay? Because that will, that will hinder you from hearing from the Holy Spirit. That will hinder you from seeing the pillar of fire move in your life. That will hinder from you seeing that cloud start to move, amen? I just find that so intriguing in the book of Numbers that when the, it started to move, that was God's indication, pack up, it's time to go. Pack up. Oh, my. So there are so many Christians, they won't admit bitterness, envy, jealousy. I just preached on that a couple of weeks ago. Resentment, unforgiveness, idolatry, and other sins of the heart. Uh, they, they cover things up with empty confessions of Scripture and empty spiritual talk, you know, to fool people. But I want to show you something. Go to James chapter 3. We can't do it. Say, we got to be real. We can't be hypocrites. We can't be wearing a mask. We've got to get rid of the mask so the glory can truly change us. Amen? And, and let's face it, we all have wore masks at some time in our life. Amen? I mean, who are we kidding? Right? <laughs> let's just be real about it. Now, James 3, 13 through 16. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Meekness means a teachableness. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, even demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, so if you try to cover things, uh, you know, areas of our heart that we need to change, if you try to cover those things by lying against the truth, the Word of God says that wisdom, it's earthly, sensual, and even demonic. So in other words, that's not the Holy Ghost telling you to do it. In fact, that might be even a demonic spirit motivating you to do that. Why? Why? Get this. Because the enemy wants to keep those things in darkness. 
You can only heal what you reveal. Listen, many people that do this, they are in a fog of confusion because they're given more place to the flesh and demons than to the Holy Spirit in their life. And it causes a confusion in their head, in their thought life, all right? But God demands an openness of our heart. And and this, ready for this? To confess when we mess up. We just got to admit it. All right? Look, look what, I mean, David, look at the junk that he did, right? But he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he had an open heart. Yeah, that, that dude makes some pretty bad mistakes. Are you following me? He, he made some pretty bad mistakes. But, but guess what? He knew who to run back to. He knew who to run back to. So we need to stop putting on a mask. We need to stop letting the veil stay here. And we need to run back to our Heavenly Father and say, I messed up. I guarantee you the minute that you run back to him and tell him that you messed up, you're going to feel a weight coming off of you. You are going to feel the glory. You're going to feel the manifest presence of God in your life like never before. Why? Because God requires an open heart to him. And that includes confessing your faults. Just confess them. Let's deal with them. Amen? So that's why in verse 16, uh, it said, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So the enemy wants you to hide your sin. He wants, he wants you uh, to hide your faults. He doesn't want you to confess it. But the Word of God says this, listen, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What's that talking about? Take the mask off and let's just be real with each other and with the Holy Ghost. Amen? So the devil the devil wants you to, to do the opposite because he wants to keep us in bondage. God can only heal what we're willing to reveal. Amen? Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verses 5 through 11, I want to take a look at here. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. And it says, And, and you have forgotten the exhortation which, which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord or correction of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastened and scourges every son whom he receives. See, some of these words kind of freak us out when we hear that, right? Whoa, scourges? What? Rebukes and all that? But but listen, he's saying, the Lord's saying this, if I didn't care for you, I wouldn't care what you're doing. I wouldn't try to get you back in line with my perfect will. I wouldn't even try to get you back into the blessing zone. I'd just let you go and do your own thing. But true love cares enough to do something. Amen? Amen. Now look at this. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For uh, For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all, all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, or who should have, right? And we paid them respect. 
Anybody ever have that? The dad, your dad came after you with a belt? You showed a little bit, showed a little bit more respect, didn't you? I'm having flashbacks. I probably wouldn't be up behind this pulpit if my dad didn't whip me back in the day. Are you following me, somebody? He didn't spare the, the belt. I'll tell you that much right now. But I deserved it. Shall we not much readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That is a powerful passage right there. Now listen to this. So are you going to receive the chastening and instruction from the Lord as a son? Or are you going to continue to live? Here it is. Like you don't have a heavenly father. Think about this. The chastening stops when you make the needed changes. Now, here's the here. Now, let me just throw this out there. You ready for this? From things that you've done in your life, there might still be some negative consequences from those actions. Are you following me? Some things that you're going to do have negative consequences. Now, God can turn things around, of course, right? But here's here's what the Holy Spirit showed me right here. Many Christians are wandering around like orphans. Oh, my. They're acting like they are fatherless, spiritually speaking. But we must allow the Holy Spirit to mold and shape, shape us. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit's correction. We need to be. Now, I know this is not a hooting and hollering message, but it should be. Because all he's talking about, he wants to get us back in line of blessing with him. Amen? And that's a good thing. Amen? Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 29 through 33. Oh, God wants to bring correction. And guess what? So... When God chases or tries to bring correction to us, the longer we fail to make those changes, guess where you are? You're wandering in that wilderness, baby. You're wandering in that wilderness. All right? You're you're not going to your promised land. All right? Okay, here we go. Proverbs 1, uh, verse 29 through 33. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord... They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, to the Holy Spirit, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. That's powerful. Amen. Amen. If the children of Israel would have walked in obedience to God, if they would have just showed respect to the leader that God chose, God's chosen leader, they would have went into the promised land quicker. Again, it would have been an 11-day journey, not a 40-year one. 
Wow. They could have avoided many of the problems and pain that they encountered. I promise you, the Holy Spirit, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will challenge everything and anything in your life that's against the will of God. Anything that's in your life that's against the Word, He will challenge it. He will challenge any attitude that's of the flesh and not of the Spirit. Amen? He will use people, He will use circumstances to rip off every mask of dead religion in in our life. Alright? So at that point, you have a decision to make. I have a decision to make. Will we stay put or will we move forward with the glory? Think about it. Now listen to this. That is why many people have a problem with certain ministries or leaders in the body of Christ. Because they take them outside of their comfort zone. Now, one ministry gift... One ministry gift that really does this, I mean, it just sets people off like that, is the ministry of a prophet. Because you know what a prophet does? A prophet comes in and roots up what's not of the Lord and plants what is of the Lord. And it can look, uh, uh, the ministry of a prophet can look, well, brutal. But God will send prophets into a region. God will send prophets into churches to stir the soil up. Are you following me, somebody? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. And it says, Moreover, brethren... I do not want you to be unaware that all your fathers were under the cloud. So this is the New Testament talking about what I read in Numbers chapter 9. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Everything in the Old Testament is a type and shadow pointing to Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Everything in the Old Testament points to Christ. So when you, now, when you read something in the Old Testament, you always got to run it through the filter of the New Testament through the cross. Are you following me? All right, here we go. Verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. See, when I read that, my ears perk up. Like, I want to know, why wasn't he pleased? Because I don't want to do that. Amen? For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, take notes, and do not become idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit, here's another one, sexual immorality as some of them did. Now, now this is the New Testament, amen? And in the... Thank you for that one person that said amen. And in... (laughs) And in one day, 23,000 fell. 23,000 people died because of these things. Nor let us tempt Christ. Yeah, but what about the seeker-sensitive message? This throws that seeker-sensitive message out the window. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor, here's another one, nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. It literally opened them up to demons. Now all these things happened to them. Why? 
as examples, and they were written for our, say my, admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No tempt... I'm going to get to that one in a minute. But listen, the things that are written in the Old Testament accounts were written for our admonition. All right? So that that means that all of the accounts in the Old Testament, God is saying, I'm putting these in here so you, my people, Christians now, can get something out of it of what to do and what not to do. Are you following me? So that means that God is wanting us to get wisdom and learn from their mistakes so we don't duplicate their mistakes in our life. So God is for you. God wants you blessed. Amen? However, when someone's, someone hardens their heart and gives place to sin, guess what? God will not even override that because you have a free will. Amen? Now, the Holy Spirit comes to convict that conviction, right? And I said this this week on Facebook. I said, if you still have, if you still have a soft and tender conscience, if you sin, you mess up, and your conscience is like, oh man, I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. Guess what? You're in a safe place as a Christian. The minute that your conscience is so seared, so hardened, that you can go out and sin against the Word of God and it doesn't bother you anymore, you're in danger zone. Are you following me? So verses 3 and 4 says that all the children of Israel, they ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink from that spiritual rock, which was Christ, right? It's it's amazing how, how... Different people can hear the same message and take hold of it and run. Some will take hold of something and run. Some will get offended. And some didn't hear a doggone thing that was said. Amen? But that has to do with the condition of our soil, of our heart. Uh, Kenneth Hagin says it this way. The heart of man is the garden of God. How's your garden today? Are you following me? So verse 5 Verse 5 went on to say, But with most of them God was not well pleased, because many were rebellious and they hardened their heart. All right? And, and so, can you imagine how frustrating it must have been for Moses to, to deal with these things? I mean, Moses is going up this mountain. He goes up the mountain. He's, you know, he's going up, get these Ten Commandments to, to bask in the glory. He comes down and he sees the children of Israel. They made a, a golden calf and worshiping it. Can you imagine that? How frustrating that would be? See, now, the Word of God says that, that the leaders over you, spiritual leaders over you, have to give an account for you on the Day of Judgment. You know that? Okay. You, you know how parent-teacher conferences are? Right? I guess I'm going to be doing some parent-teacher conference uh, get, you know, from God one day. Well... Well, how was Marianne? Well, she gave me a hard time quite a bit. You know, God, I don't know. I'd still let her in, though. Right? <laughs> but interesting. Go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. All right, and it says this. Look at this. 
Obey those who have rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So it's actually... Pro- See, I, I know the whole submission thing, people have a problem with it because, because there's been a lot of people that have been spiritually abused. I get it, right? If you're sitting under the wrong leader, number one, if you even sense that, you need to get out of that place. Boom! ASAP! Amen? So, uh, yeah, I get it. But there is a level of submission, you know, that the Lord expects. But if a pastor or a church leader ever tells you to do something that's outside of the Word of God, you're under no obligation. Are you following me? All right? So... Like, hey, can you go help us stack chairs? Well, I got to go pray about it. Just stack the chairs, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you followed me, right? And you know I'm not going to spiritually abuse you, okay? You get that? All right. I hope you know that by now, about a year and a half into this thing, right? But it is impossible to move forward with the glory when you reject and are rebellious toward God's uh, chosen leaders. Because again, God has order. So 1 Corinthians 10, it listed five things. Let's talk about them real quick here as I'm getting close to finishing. Verse 5, the first thing was this, they lusted after evil things. You know, the word lust is not necessarily bad. You know that, right? The word lust means just strong desire. If you're desiring good things, you can lust after the spiritual gifts. You can lust after the things of God, right? But this says they lusted after evil things. Bad. Amen? Verse 7 says that they became idolaters. Okay? So uh, they, they worshipped something else other than God. They committed sexual immorality. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. That's running around the body of Christ. Amen? Verse 9 says that they tempted God, Christ. Uh, Verse 10 says that they were complainers. Can you believe they put complainers in that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, woo! we got to tighten the belt a little bit here on that one, God, right? We all do it. We've done it, right? Some of us probably did it this morning uh, just before service. So uh, just repent and, and try to do better, okay? So... So we need to check our desires. Is there anything in our life uh, that you exalt or make Lord in your life over Jesus Christ? That's idolatry, okay? Uh, Sexual immorality. Of course, you can talk about fornication, um, pornography, all these other things, right? And, uh, you know, again, are you a negative person? You need to change that. Um, Each one of those things will open us up to the enemy, all right? In the body of Christ, uh, we seem to, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we seem to kind of rate sin. Some things, some sins we think are worse than others, but missing the mark's missing the mark, right? In fact, it says, uh, you know, breaking the law, the law of God. If you committed one sin, you broke the whole, whole law, right? You, Ray Comfort always tells people, have you ever told a lie? Yeah, I told a lie. Well, have you ever done this? Have you ever had sex outside of marriage? Yeah, I've done that. But I'm a good person. No, no. If you broke one of those areas, come on. You, you, you broke the whole law. All right, think about that. So, um, so people, you know, we can't make excuses for our sin. 
You know, God is merciful and full of grace. But listen to me. God is merciful. Listen to this. God is merciful in the sense that he gives people space or a period of time to confess and repent of their sin, not to continue in, in it. That's the grace of God. Are you following me? He's merciful because he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to live a holy life. So here's what, you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. You get it? That's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God is the provision he made to help us overcome sin. And that's why we didn't earn that. He did it by his own love and mercy for us. So we still have a part to play to keep ourselves in the grace of God. Are you following me? So, I mean, just recently the Lord reminded me of my BC life before Christ. I mean, the things that I did in my life, high school and all that. It's like, if I would have died in that place, I would have been in hell for eternity. Can you, you just can't even fathom that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sending the Holy Ghost to bring light. Amen. So if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it is the mercy of God that you even have breath in your lungs right now, that your heart is beating right now, and you even have an opportunity to make him Lord of your life. Amen? Now, verse 12 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, examine your heart, be alert, keep moving forward with the glory, and don't think that you can never fall into sin. Amen. I mean, we do that. Don't we? Sometimes we look at someone who, man, they had a big fall and we're like, what an idiot. Well, really? What do you do? Any one of us can fall into that. Any one of us. I'm, I'm telling you right now. So that's why the Bible says, don't get arrogant. Don't get cocky. Amen. So sin will hinder you from moving forward with the glory. The Bible says without holiness, no man or person will see the Lord. So living a life of holiness, holiness means to be set apart. Amen? To be set apart for God. uh, to, To be set apart in living for God. And that will give you clear spiritual vision. Without holiness, no man or person will see God. So if you're going to live a holy life, it means your spiritual vision will become clearer. Think about that. There's a connection there. Remember I talked about the five spiritual senses? All right. So if you're not living a holy life, okay, you're, you're, uh, you're going to have some blurry uh, spiritual vision there. All right. Now, some people say, I can't stop sinning. It's, you know, it's out of control. It's uncontrollable. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. Let me show you something here, friend. All right. You have a free will. In fact, your free will is stronger than the devil's power. Did you hear me? Your free will is stronger than the the enemy's power. All right, look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. 
Okay, so you can overcome any sin, you can overcome any temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem is many Christians ignore the helper, the Holy Spirit. Amen? So remember, it's, it is possible to obey God and yet your heart is far from Him. Remember we talked about heart attitudes, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? A couple of weeks ago. It's like that little boy that was standing on a chair at the dinner table. The mom told him, sit down. And he said, no. She, she again sternly told him, sit down. And he did, but he said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm still standing up. <laughs> ha, many, how many Christians have that attitude? Amen. I'll do it, but I'm going to be miserable and everyone's going to know it. The body of Christ is full of people like that. But they need a Holy Ghost attitude adjustment. Amen? Amen. As I said uh, a couple weeks ago, Isaiah 119, it says that we need to be willing and obedient. Willing deals with our heart attitude. Obedient deals with our actions. God requires both. So check our motives in connection with the will of God. Are you really interested in pursuing the will of God or your own will? Are you seeking Him for who He is or just what He can do for you? All right, go to Philippians chapter 3, my last scripture, and I'm out of here. The Holy Spirit's kept me pretty good uh, during this message, so I'm glad about that. Uh, But to move forward with the glory, you must let go of the past and embrace God's vision for the future. Philippians chapter 3, you can't be hung up in the past. And that's why emotional healing ministry and deliverance ministry is so important. Because there are some people that are so hung up about it, it's, it's <clears throat> there's a hook in their heart. There's a hook from something that happened in their heart, and they, they can't break free from this hook. That's where emotional healing and deliverance ministry comes in. Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 16. Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, or mature, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I like that. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind or have this thought process. And if, if in anything you think otherwise, God will even reveal this to you. Why? Because God wants you to move forward and let go of that past. Amen? Amen? Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to press forward and not get complacent with where you're at right now. Don't get complacent. Amen. Amen. And then he says, if you are otherwise minded, I like it. God will reveal this to you. So if you get, if you, you know, you're, you're being hindered from moving forward. Literally the job of the Holy Spirit is to show you, you got to make this change. If you're going to move forward. Amen. So pay close attention to where the Holy Spirit leads you in the Word of God. Pay close attention to the thoughts that are flowing in your heart, all right? Um, so are, are you where God wants you to be in life? Are you in the will of God? 
Or have you gotten complacent and not moved forward with the glory? Like Moses, I don't want to make a move unless his presence goes. Amen. I found something out. When you're moving with the cloud, how Marianne and I are moving with the cloud, everything falls right into place. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's unbelievable how smooth this transition to Cairo is. is. I mean, it's just supernatural. Amen? And it's only when we move forward with the glory, with the will of God for our life, that we will have rest. Things will fall into place in our lives. And we will avoid needless pain. So when God is moving, learn to move with Him by embracing change. Amen? So don't get comfortable. Don't get spiritually content or in a rut. We need to press in for more and get ready to move forward in this region with the glory. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this building without making Him Lord of your life. If you have never made Him Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning after the service. And we're going to have some people pray with you. Now, maybe you need to rededicate your life. You, you've fallen away. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you're the one that has a veil over your face, right? And you're not allowing the glory to change you. Maybe you're one that you have a mask and you're ready today to take that mask off. Amen? You want to rededicate your life. If that's you, I want you to come forward today. Maybe you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. You never received the Holy Spirit baptism in speaking in other tongues. Come forward. And I want to pray with you today, or someone will. And if you need prayer for anything else, we'll be here as long as we can. In fact, um, people from the prayer team, altar call ministry, if you're on the altar call ministry, just come up right now. I'm, I, I'm just, I just better not be praying over people today. So anybody from the prayer team, just come on up here and be ready to pray with people. Come on down. Yep. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you can just stand here. If anybody needs prayer, anybody, I'm telling you, every person who's on this altar altar call team, they're powerful prayer warriors. Amen? So uh, I'm going to jet out of (laughs) here. But they're going to stick around with you. All right? Do you guys uh, have a great service today? Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Five o'clock tonight, the uh, business meeting, we'll have a good time. We're going to talk a little bit about the vision and some things that, you know, the Lord is putting upon our hearts, and uh, we're going to have a good time tonight, so come on back. Yeah. There's light snacks. What are we doing? Sandwiches, right? Sandwiches and chips. So we will have food tonight. So, all right, everyone, have a great rest of your week, and, uh, oh, Russ.